0: Hey everybody and welcome back to the weekly dose of euphoria podcast for any new listeners out there my name is Matt Zapala and I am your host in episode 19 of the podcast I was fortunate enough to sit down with West Coast Eagles AFL Premiership player Daniel Venables so for any international listeners out there AFL stands for Australian rules football and it is our national sport down here in Australia Basically the game is played with an oval ball on an oval-sized field with 18 players per side Trying to kick the ball through two big sticks Which is a goal for six points or if you miss through two small sticks for one point Which is a behind Daniel who is a good mate of mine lived out his childhood dream last year Alongside his teammates when he won the most regarded team honor in the AFL which is the Premiership As well as obviously being a highly talented footballer Dan also represented Victoria for Cricket. He's a very resilient, hardworking young kid who always puts 110% in everything he does. In this episode, we discussed Daniel's upbringing and what life was like growing up in the western suburbs of Melbourne. Daniel's reasoning behind pursuing a career in the AFL as opposed to chasing the cricket dream. Tips for any aspiring athletes out there on how to make it to the next level. What life is like for an AFL footballer, the importance of nutrition and mindset for optimal performance. And we also got a first-hand experience of what it was like playing in and winning the AFL Grand Final in front of over 100,000 people. Daniel's recollection makes you feel like you're playing in the game yourself. Daniel's journey is so inspiring and this is a great podcast for any aspiring athletes out there to listen to no matter what sport they play. Enjoy the show, folks. I'm lucky enough to be here with Daniel Venables, the West Coast Eagles Premiership player. Thanks for making time for me today, Dan.
1: Uh, it's all good, mate. Anytime.
0: Awesome. Welcome to the weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast, mate. I'm pumped to have you on the show chatting about your life as an AFL footballer and how you got to where you are today. But first, tell us a little bit about what life was like for you growing
1: up. Yeah, mate. Um, growing up in Tails Lakes like yourself. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. We all had a pretty good um, little friendship group, all playing sport all the time. Um, yeah, it was pretty much just full of sport, playing um, anything I could do. Um, footy, cricket, athletics, basketball. Um, yeah, it was just uh, yeah, my childhood a little bit.
0: Always a pretty active childhood, and I know from growing up with you, we'd always be uh, competing with either backyard cricket, backyard footy, or, or throwing the ball at each other. <laughs> I understand you're always invo- heavily involved in cricket as well. Talk to us a little bit about your underage cricket pathways with Victoria. Uh, tell us about that experience and, and why you chose footy over cricket.
1: Yeah, um, yeah I was pretty lucky. I played some pretty good cricket. Um, I was, as, a, as when I was really young, I was actually wasn't, um, wasn't really good. I didn't even make the rep squads and that. And then um, I just worked really hard um, one summer after I got cut from a um, NWCA rep team. Um, and then a year later, I was um, in the Victorian Under Fifteens team, and then um, was batting at number three, um, and ended up making the most runs at the um, the Carnival for Victoria. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, was, cricket for me was always like uh, on the back burner to footy. Um, I just used to en- just enjoy batting for a long periods of time. Um, never enjoyed the fielding aspect, <laughs> and I definitely couldn't bowl. So. Um, yeah, sometimes it's a bit boring if I got out early, but um, yeah, cricket was awesome. I used to, um, used to love it, and um, yeah, played some pretty good cricket, and um, yeah, got a couple of good achievements from that, um, which yeah, I still look back on today.
0: No, that's awesome, man. And I guess trying to keep occupied through the summer. Obviously, football is a winter sport in Australia, so trying to keep occupied through the summer, playing some cricket. Who did you play cricket for in like your local club?
1: Yeah, so I um, played at, at Keylor, Um in the VTCA, Senior Vision. Um, played all my juniors through there. Um, debuted in the first team in Senior Vision when I was 14, I think. So, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. You, you play against, like yourself, you would have, you would have played against a lot of first-class players that come over in um, uh, like the English winter or the Sri Lankan winter and um, come over here to play. So, that was yeah, sometimes it was pretty scary facing some of them bowlers. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that's... I think that's probably why um, I was pretty good at cricket, because I got exposed real early to senior cricket. Um, Yeah, and then just went and played Western Spirit Um, and then uh, yeah, I moved to SN Grammar and ended up just playing school cricket on a Saturday. Um, Yeah, which was pretty cool.
0: Excellent. And I understand, for anyone that doesn't know, Western Spirit is like the underage pathway competition leading into Victoria. So the Victorian squads get picked based on the the Western Spirit Carnival, which is like a state championship uh, throughout Victoria. And I understand you initially got offered a scholarship at Pegs for cricket, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, so uh, it was a bit of both. Um, A couple of people down at Footscray, Edgewater, Murph Hughes and a guy named Rainer Reba, they were the coaches of Pegs. And um, Footscray's is alignment with Western Spirit. So I think just my name, when you start in cricket, it's it's all about, I guess, making runs. And like once people hear you start making runs, you get noticed a lot more. And one summer I just made heaps of runs and um, I had a good footy season that year as well. And I knew Pegs were looking at me. Um, And then that just like, put it together and, yeah, ended up getting a scholarship to Western Grammar from year 10 onwards.
0: Awesome. And being obviously highly talented at both sports, footy and cricket, you are faced with a tough decision to go down one path, where obviously as you make it into the elite level, you can't be doing both at the same time. What helped you make up your mind
1: to choose footy over cricket? Uh, I think the fact that cricket goes all day on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, or For as long as I can remember, I, I, we got up at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, Dad would pick me and a couple of mates up and take us to cricket, and then leave juniors early, and then you go play seniors on a on a Saturday Avo And by the time that all finishes and you get home, it's like seven o'clock. And then I was, if you're lucky, yeah. yeah, if you're lucky, if you've got a good day, um, yeah, and I, just, I think the fact that I was not a good bowler, <laughs> so I was got a bit bored sometimes, and yeah, but I also enjoyed cricket a lot. I, um, it was fun and I think just I always knew that I want to play footy um, you get to travel around Australia a lot and it's pretty hard to make it uh, into the Australian team in cricket and only, not many people get to play it and then so I was just like there's probably more chance and if you don't make uh, if you don't make AFL then cricket you don't get into your prime until your late 20s 30s that's when you're really at your prime so I thought if I don't make it then I can always have a shot later at cricket. Definitely. So are you ruling out a comeback into cricket potentially after your footy career is done, mate? <laughs> eh? I might go down in the at th- Kilo, mate. <laughs> Just
0: play for a laugh. <laughs> I love it. Uh, getting into your footy, footy pathway, Dan, tell us a little bit about your pathway into the AFL and, and what your time is at the Western Jets. Explain what the Western Jets is first and then uh, your experiences there.
1: Yeah, so Western Jets is a, a part of the, um, the talent pathway um, in Victorian football. So. Each region has their own, um, their own team. And um, so I was there from under 14s, I think you get... There's development squads from under 14s, 15s, 16s until you get to the under 18s level. Um, so yeah, we just played, played through there. Um, I didn't think I was that good at footy. Uh, well, I knew I was good at football, but when I got to all them squads, it was like I was the only one from like the ADFL. Yep. Everyone, everyone else was from the WRFL. Um so no one really knew who we were. The boys coming from the SN District League. So I was kind of like didn't really know where I stood. And then um yeah, when I got to uh, I guess under seventeens, started playing TAC Cup and yeah, it just kinda of went went boom from there. Got into um yeah, the development squad for the Victorian team under seventeens. And then uh yeah, into the 18s and then it just flows from there. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome, mate, so you strung some good footy together
0: and then obviously the scouts were were watching you as they do in that level when you're performing against the best (coughs) of best in the state and then that's when you obviously got got chatted to and made the VIX Squad. When did you start to think, well crap, this is real, like I could potentially be playing AFL footy?
1: Yeah, um, I thought that after my, in my under 17 year, I always knew, like I always knew deep down that Oh, I was a massive chance, but it's it's kind of I don't know. It's a bit. It's a weird. It's it's hard to uh, I guess explain how it happens because you could be the best player and you don't get picked up. So like you gotta. There's you hear so many stories about that happening. So you, it's kind of when you get to the end of your under-18s championships when you are like that's when you really know that's when the cream rises to the top. I guess and um, of all the thousands of people and aiming to get drafted so I think after that um, when I made the All-Australian team I was like yeah a bit of a sniff here then um, yeah then it all happened.
0: In the lead up to obviously after you played uh, TSC Cup for your two years you obviously struck together some good footy made the All-Australian squad did you have any clubs approach you in the lead up to talk about potential you being a draft prospect?
1: Yeah clubs speak to you from I think in the end of your 17th year so I spoke to all clubs, Bar One, um, multiple, multiple times. Um, I think when you're uh, you're going to go higher in the draft. Like one, once I knew I was going higher in the draft, they all started speaking to you a lot more. And then um, yeah, so they they've been watching you since you were 15, 16. Come to all your school footy games, um, and you can always see them there. So yeah. It's always like a job interview, isn't it? When there's people watching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome, mate. Um,
0: paint a picture of draft night for us. So, for anyone that doesn't know, draft night is a night where the AFL hold, holds, and clubs get to pick the players from from the pool of players, and they choose, and obviously they get drafted into their club. From there, what were you hopeful for on draft night, and what destination was your dream club when you knew that you had a chance to play AFL?
1: Yeah. So. Um... <coughs> So what they do, they, if you th- they think you're going in the top 10 in the draft, they send you to the, um, to the night, which I think was in Sydney, um, and I've, we thought I was going to go top 10 throughout the whole majority of the year until I, um, hurt, I hurt my Lisfranc area in my foot, which is um, uh, it's just like a little sprain in one of my ligaments and then kind of scared off a few clubs. So then I just started slowly dri- drifting down the uh, order. So I didn't end up going to the um, going to the, comp, uh, to the to the draft night, but I was just at home. Um, thought I was going to go in the twenties. So we had all just a lot of my mates over, family over, and that. And then yeah, ended up uh, getting my name called out pretty early, pick 13. Um, there was, honestly when you when you get drafted uh, or before the lead up, you you don't really wish you go to a single club, you just kind of like, just want your name getting called out. Yeah. So it doesn't really, the whole year, I didn't really matter what was going on. I didn't really care where I was going to go, Just I just wanted my name called out. We got on the list and then you start again. Definitely awesome, man. That's a great, great sort of humbling
0: attitude to have towards that. And what were the emotions like when you heard your name getting picked at number 13? Did you think, oh, that's not me? Or like, explain the, explain the emotions for us.
1: Yeah, it's weird, it's, um, it's, it's hard to explain, like, it's, a, it's just a weird industry, like, you see things and you're like, oh, yeah, that's me. Like, you got to kind of think twice about it, but, yeah, when we heard our name, everyone was like, yeah, pretty happy going crazy. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it was just hard to explain. I think it's something that you just got to um, kind of live it yourself. And, yeah, Amazing. Yeah. Good on you, man. And
0: when did the journey over to Perth begin, obviously, West Coast? Draft, you picked number 13. When did the journey begin to Perth? Was it literally the next day? Talk us through that. Yep, yeah, so
1: um, I think the draft was on the, tw- maybe the 26th of November. And I reckon I was on the plane, that was on a Friday night and I reckon I was on the plane Sunday morning. Wow. On the way, yeah. So it was pretty full on, just finished school a couple weeks before, um, turned 18 the week before, then on a plane to WA, no one, no one. So yeah, it was pretty crazy, but um, yeah. your life changes
0: like that doesn't it it does yeah and talk us through the emotions there going over to a new club obviously being being a young draftee going into living out your childhood dream uh, for sure take us through the emotions as you're walking through the doors at west coast
1: yeah um it was pretty weird like i I moved um in with a guy named luke shui um so then it was pretty handy having a leader at the club, um, just take you around and that. So when I walked into the club, I was just behind him, not really knowing anywhere where I was going, not knowing who was who. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, but um, yeah, everyone, everyone soon, ev- everyone just helps you out and um, you're, they're a teammate of yours so they, they look after you and then yeah, it went pretty smoothly. Awesome
0: mate. And some would say that Luke Shu is like your identical twin, you're just a younger version of him, I'm not sure if you've heard that before. <laughs> Trying to pick you to a part of the field is is challenging, that's for sure. So tell us a little bit about the setup of an AFL club. Was it everything that you expected from nutritionists, physios, dietitians? What what's the setup look like?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. So there's um, you got a bunch of physios there that are full time, you got doctors, um, strength kicking uh, staff, um, GPS people, and um, then you've got your coaches, um, p- uh, people analysing things, computers, like it's pretty crazy, like you, when you sit down and look at it, it's a pretty weird industry, like so many things are happening, um, it's, it was, before I got there I didn't really know what it was going to be like, you, you have things in your head but when you get there it's just completely different, um, everything runs smoothly, like everything runs through each other, and um, yeah, so that's kind of, if that's explained right, then... Yeah, definitely. And like, I
0: guess they're letting the players focus on playing footy because that's what their job is rather than, yeah, and right. they got other people employed to do yeah, those little yeah, things. Yeah, yeah awesome, yeah. mate. So now your career begins. What's your training schedule like? How many days per week? What sort of training are you doing?
1: Yeah, pre-season is um, uh, five, five days a week. Um, so you get a Sunday off and a Wednesday off. Um, and the rest of you at the club. Um, you, so you've got your three main trainings and then two other days you've got a cardio session and um, and other little like, injury prevention things, um, which are, are main are ma- are main things that you've got to do because um, yeah, obviously no one likes missing out on playing footy. Um, yeah, so they're all full days. Um, it's pretty tough in, uh, in pre-season, but then um, once you get to in the season, it's, it lays back a bit, yeah, at the club, I think, still five days a week, but like not not as not near as long. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more like... Right, more recovery, like start of the week recovery, then build into it. And yeah. Then.
0: Obviously keeping you fresh for
1: game yep. day over the weekend.
0: And you mentioned before that there, there is a nutritionist at the club. Does the club focus heavily on nutrition? Do they monitor what foods you're eating to give you maximum output?
1: Yeah, um, it changes um, with, with each different person. Um, some people naturally don't really need a nutritionist, um, and some do. Um, yeah, that's, that's what happens when you got, I guess, 40-something different players. Um, so she has an individual program for everyone. Um, whether you need to put on more weight, whether you need to maintain, or maybe you need to get more carbs into you because you're not, not not feeling energized and game day um yeah um it just changes from each person but um but then you got your basics like you know you eat pretty healthy and yeah. um, all of that type of stuff so the, we watch our skin folds quite a bit so that's that's kind of a main indicator it's it's more of the the process not the outcome so if you're doing the right things you your skin folds will be all right but um yeah Awesome,
0: mate. Definitely,
1: you've just nailed nailed that on
0: the head. That there there is nutritional guidance there, and and um, they're monitoring each player, which is awesome. So now you're you're training hard at West Coast. You're playing well in the reserves, and then your coach tells you that you're playing your first game of AFL po- football. Tell us a little bit about what happened there,
1: post your injury, as you were walking out of, out of the office. Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> so Simo talked to me just before training, um, and said I was gonna make my debut in 2017 on a Thursday night against Geelong and then um, went and trained and then at the end of training um, I just got like knocked over like in a drill and just landed awkwardly and yeah got a thing called turf toe which is like all the ligaments around your big toe and then in your toe joint and then I was just like how did this just happen like it was just like, out of nowhere shouldn't shouldn't have happened but um, yeah it's pretty devastating at the start because I thought I was I was playing one minute, then next minute. For <laughs> sure, mate. It's like an anticlimax. <laughs> yeah, climax. yeah, yeah. And then um, it was meant to be. That's like oh, two weeks you'll be right, and then just got pushed back. and Ended up being like, half a season, which is. Um, Sounds weird because it's your big toe, but I'm telling you, if you ever hurt your big toe one day, you, you know what it's like. For sure. Yeah. Anyone who knows if they stub their toe barefoot <laughs> on, the, on the corner of the bench or something, it is agony, yeah. so I couldn't
0: imagine what you're going through there, mate. How did you cope with that setback? Obviously, being inches away from playing your first game and then ending up spending half the season on the sideline, what, what did you do? Like, Do you have any advice for youngsters to change their mindset towards it? What
1: happened there? Um... <clears throat> I was looking at it, uh, things happen for a reason, so maybe I wasn't ready to play. Um, yeah, and it, it, AFL is a challenging industry. Um, one minute you're in there, then the next minute you're out. So I thought, while I'm out, let's just try and get fit. Um, yeah, put on a bit of size, because as a kid I was pretty skinny. Um, still I'm skinny now, but <laughs> put on a little bit more weight. Um, yeah, so I was just... Because um, obviously you can't, I couldn't run for a while, and I was in a moon boot, and all this stuff. Um, so yeah, it's just swimming, getting on a, a bike, um, just doing all these extra things in the gym. So it's pretty challenging because you're away from you're away from everyone in the season because everyone's got their own schedules and that. And then the rehab groups by themselves on a, on another program. Um, the thing I learnt is um, rehab is that much harder than playing footy. It's ridiculous. For sure. Yeah, because you got to do more to get back to be as fit. Yeah, it's just. It's tough, but um, you learn a lot from it and it it helps you out a long way. Um, It's, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, definitely,
0: and going through those setbacks at such a young age and early on in your career, do you have any advice for any youngsters that may be potential draft prospects and they've faced injuries on how to change their mindset or what to do when they're faced with that situation?
1: Yeah, um, just look for the positives. Um, If you're you're good enough, you're gonna make it and they've been watching you for a while. and then once you're in there, and you, things like that happen, you just always gotta um, flip it around and um, just look for the positives of it. Um, look for things to get better, um, which you couldn't have got better while you were playing. Like example, if you like me, I was a little bit skinny, and, I, and I'm not uh, I'm not the fittest of athletes, like in, um, aerobically. Um, so I worked. I tried to work on that while I was out. Um, so yeah, that if that um, little tips, help. Um, Definitely looking at yeah. the positives from a bad situation. I love it, mate.
0: Awesome. Fast forward to the next year, round one of 2018, which is this year. You were de- going to make your debut in round one against Sydney. Paint the picture for us, the emotions,
1: knowing that you weren't going to be injured with a broken toe <laughs> this time. <laughs> yeah, so um, knowing I was going to play round one, um, I was confident because um, I played at the JLT um, matches and was training for the the main team um, in match plays and yeah I think um, just the whole week just not wanting to get injured at all just so I could finally play that first AFL game um, yeah was was um, massive so once I finally ran out into the brand new stadium at Optus, um, uh, Optus Stadium in Perth um, yeah it was pretty crazy it was a full crowd I don't know if any of you guys have been to a, a West Coast game in Perth but it's um, 95 percent west coast supporters five percent the other team if you're lucky <laughs> so it's um yeah it's pretty crazy we have um, some of the best supporters going around so uh, to finally get out on the field and play footy um yeah it was cool
0: awesome and obviously when the when the crowd's screaming so loud paint the picture of the the emotions as you're stepping onto the stadium you look around and you see that a full house what, what what was that like
1: yeah it's um it's pretty surreal um yeah, it's something, now, now I've played a bit, I've kind of got used to it, but at the start, I was like, oh, like it feels like you're in a video game. Um, <laughs> so that's what, that's what I was thinking when I first got out of there and like a couple of boys kicked the goal and I like, was celebrating and I'm like, wow, this is pretty crazy. Like, I've, um, I've watched you so many times, but like now you're, you're actually out here, you're like, oh, am I, am I really out here? Like, but um, yeah, everyone says your first game's pretty like, just just goes like very quickly and it did. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Awesome, mate. Uh, now, heading in towards the end of the
0: season, you've played, you've strung together some good footy, you've played most of the season with West Coast, and they had an awesome home and away season, managed to make it into the finals. Uh, you had a really good game in the semi-final, kicking a goal and 17 disposals, plus a lot of one-percenters that aren't recognised by statistics. Talk us through the feeling that you might be playing in, in a grand final in the lead-up after you've won the semi-final, knowing that you might be might be in that side.
1: Yeah, um, Simo came and told to me, uh, spoke to me pretty early in the week and said, "Yeah, you'll be playing, so stress less." Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of like didn't really know what to think. Everyone everyone says just take it like a normal week, and that's what I did. Um, yeah, my role in, in the games to not really be attacking at the moment. Or to, to be defensive first and then attack from that. And that's what I do, like sometimes as a forward you don't touch the ball, but um, as long as you know what, what's going on um, t- defensively, which helps you out and then, um, yeah, so that's just what I, what I stuck to throughout the week, just thinking, thinking that first and then, yeah, then the week came pretty quickly when you when you got to travel and that, so yeah.
0: Awesome and take us through that week, so Monday, obviously at training you I spoke to you early on in the week, so you, so you know you're playing take us through the training load. what happens is it more high
1: intensity more
0: conservative, and when did you arrive in Melbourne to to play in the game uh
1: yeah, so training didn't change one bit um, it's just the the normal recovery recovery sessions at the start, and then um, your main training, which is Probably it's like a thirty minute thirty minute session whistle to whistle. So it goes for a couple of hours but um it's not it didn't change too much, you know. So you got you got your match play and all the boys just tried to um, yeah, feel good running running your legs over. Um, and then we we traveled I think on a Thursday. Awesome. So we, yeah, so it's a it's a pretty big travel coming from Perth. Um, yeah and then there was a grand final parade, and then into the
0: game. So yeah, it went pretty quick. Awesome. And for anyone that doesn't know, AFL is like a religion in Australia. So we do have a public holiday for the grand final parade, and that's on the day before the grand final, where both teams come out and in, in through the city, and millions and millions of people come to come to have a look at the players, and obviously get a get a glimpse of the atmosphere that's going to be the next day. Talking about the next day, Dan, paint the picture of what it was like walking out onto the MCG on grand final day. You're living out your childhood dream. Let's describe the emotions for us.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy um, when you... So we don't really play at the MCG too much. So before the game, we're out having a little kick and you kind of feel like a little ant out there. Because <laughs> yeah. obviously 100,000-seat stadium, which we um, yeah, ended up playing in front of, I think it was 100, and 100 just over 100. Hundred thousand people, which was um, yeah, pretty crazy. So walking out of the raw, um, yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to get the right word to explain it, but um, it's just it's just a crazy crazy whirlwind. Couple hours you play footy in and, and it goes real quick, and then yeah, lucky we were, lucky we were on the right end of the straw because um, yeah, it would have been pretty devastating to lose it.
0: Yeah, for sure, mate, and. Obviously, the game was a roller coaster. Anyone who watched it knew that both teams played an awesome game. What was it like when the siren sounded and, and you'd won won the premiership? Where were you on the field? Paint the picture for us. What What were you doing at the
1: time? Yeah, so I was on um, I was on I was on the bench. Um, yeah, so we we kind of knew we had we had we knew what time there was left on the bench, and we knew we weren't going to go out back on the ground. So we were just uh, hoping and hoping and fingers crossed. But they weren't going to kick a goal after um, Dom Shay kicked that one, that, that goal from the pocket, and we're going, we're going crazy. And then we, then um, we like didn't want to like celebrate too much because we didn't know if it was like something could happen quick because you can move the ball so quick in ten seconds. But once we knew, once we knew, um, yeah, we weren't going to lose. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Everyone was going crazy on the bench and then around the field and celebrated with the players. For
0: sure, mate. That's unreal. And. Obviously, when that sign goes, you, you get a pump of adrenaline, all these emotions running through your body. Who, who was the first player that you went up to? Um,
1: I kind of gave Liam Duggan a massive hug on the bench. <laughs> so, uh, me, and, me and Liam played footy together since we were um, through the Western Jets junior ranks. So he's from Bacchus Marsh, and so we moved over to Perth, and so we're pretty close. And there yeah, it was pretty cool to have a little hug with him on the boundary line, and then. There was group hugs everywhere, it was just, everyone getting around Dom, kicking the goal, and then, yeah. Amazing, cool. mate, and talk us through the, the post-game celebrations, obviously.
0: Little amount of sleep on the Saturday night. <laughs> Understandably, too, winning the premiership. Take us through, take us through that, mate.
1: Yeah, um, it's pretty cool. We had a function at Crown, um, where we got to just have um, time for our family and friends of the club. And then, yeah, we went out after, which was um, a good night.
0: <laughs> Not much to say about that, understandably, mate. Good yeah. on you. So, you, you guys have won the premiership. Awesome year. Congratulations to you guys. Obviously, another big year coming up, so all the best for that. In your time at West Coast, Dan, over the past couple of years, what's the best bit of advice that you've had given to you? A lot, of,
1: a lot of advice. I think um, the main thing for me uh, was probably... Overthink a little bit too much, so just just relax, um, trust the process of what of what happens. Um, know your goals, and um, just listen to people that are close to you. And that um, yeah, you respect their opinions of. Um, and yeah, they're, they're, I think at, when you're like a professional athlete, you you know all the other like, training styles and like lifestyle choices and all of that. So I'm probably a bit different to um, how you guys are a little bit, where I just need to stop overthinking and um, just relax and um, cause you do the hard work automatically, I guess. Um, Definitely. That, yeah, it makes sense. 100% and obviously trusting your ability and
0: trusting the process, like you said earlier, awesome. And for any youngsters out there that are dreaming of playing FR football or any professional sport, What are two bits of advice that you can give to them to maximise their game whether it be on the field or off the field yep
1: um just work hard um that's it's easy to say but it's pretty hard to do and um you know when you're working hard or not and um yeah you kind of just example like when i train and that i've if i don't have a good session like i don't really feel Good afterwards, like, but I know like when I've had a good session, like I'm like obviously I'm hurting, but like you get a bit of a smile out of it because you know it's you know it's gonna help you out. Definitely. Um, so yeah, the harder you work, but the smarter you work as well. Um, don't try and overdo things because I know as a youngster all you want to do is everything possible, but sometimes you need to take a step back and um, listen to people around you. Um, yeah, get in good habits and that should help you out.
0: Fantastic, mate. So, just to reiterate those points, is to work hard and know your limits. When you've worked too hard, obviously maintaining that happy balance, so you can get the best out of yourself.
1: Awesome, mate. Thanks for that. What are your goals moving forward, Dan? Yeah, I want to establish myself as a um, as one of the better players in the competition of AFO. Um, it's going to take take a couple of years, but um, yes, yeah, I think that's just um, yeah how everyone wants to do in the AFO and. Not, not just have a, a good career, but have a great career. Definitely, mate. I love your
0: mentality there, knowing that you've made it to the top league and you're not settling for that. You're still trying to get the best out of yourself, mate, which is which is quite inspiring. And what's one word or quote that keeps you grinding when times get tough?
1: Um, I reckon, um, I don't know the exact quote, but it's, courage is, um, Knowing, knowing what is going to happen, but going anyway—that makes sense. So. Oh yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah. So I, 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 I don't know the exact quote, but it's so. You, example, you, you know, it's going to be a very, very hard session, or you're going to run into a pack and get hurt, but you do it anyway. Awesome. Um, mate. Yeah, that's it, that's. Uh, Fantastic. It, yeah. I love that, mate. Awesome, and
0: when does pre-season kick off for you guys now?
1: Uh, end of November. Fantastic. So, yeah, it
0: should be... Um... So a couple of weeks from yeah. when this podcast is recorded. Yeah. Obviously, you've been putting in the hard yards, doing a few sessions with me here, and obviously a lot outside yourself, giving you the... Obviously, West Coast Seagulls are giving you the pre-season program that you're following religiously, so shaping yourself up for the best season possible, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today, mate. I wish you all the best for the 2019 season, and I hope you guys go back-to-back
1: this year. Thanks, mate. Enjoyed it.
0: And that's this week's dose of Euphoria. Connect with myself and the Euphoria Health community on Instagram or Facebook at Euphoria Health. Through these channels, you'll find cool workouts, plant-based recipes and daily challenges. Until next time, guys, I'm your host, Matt Zapala, And remember, don't settle for anything less
1: than Euphoria.